Welcome to the Southside Sermons Podcast. I am Christopher Campbell, pastor of Southside Baptist Church, located in Decatur, Alabama. This message you're about to hear is from God's Word and is offered to you with this prayer that God would give you eyes to see, ears to hear, and a heart to obey His Word. May your faith be strengthened in Jesus, and may you grow in your knowledge of Him. We are studying the book of Hebrews, and we're in the second part, a heading called Jesus, our great high priest, because this is the theme that the writer of Hebrews is developing in this section of the book of Hebrews. Specifically today, Jesus is presented as our forerunner, Now, a forerunner is someone who goes the way ahead of us, in advance of us. Look with me at Hebrews chapter 6, beginning in verse 19. We have this as a sure and steadfast anchor of the soul, a hope that enters into the inner place behind the curtain. This is speaking of the Holy of Holies, the place in the temple behind the curtain where the Ark of the Covenant was, where God met with his people. And he only met there with the high priest who entered in one day out of the year to offer a sacrifice of atonement for the sins of the people. Verse 20 says, this is where Jesus, who Hebrews has already told us has passed through the heavens, Jesus has gone as a forerunner on our behalf having become a high priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. And so Jesus has gone in advance of us. He has gone as our forerunner on our behalf. Here's the good news. Where Jesus went ahead, you and I are to follow. Jesus is a forerunner on our behalf. He's going somewhere that is through the heavens, behind the curtain, on our behalf, so that we may go there too. Obviously, this is speaking now about that throne of grace, the very presence of God, our nearness to God. Jesus is making that possible. He's making it possible for us to draw near to God. And he's doing all of this after the order of Melchizedek. Jesus is a high priest after the order of Melchizedek. Now we're going to look at chapter 7 together. Now there are two key descriptors of Jesus as our great high priest and how Jesus is different from any other priests that have come before. Two that matter so much for us. First, the nearness that we are able to enjoy in our access with God is made possible because of the order of Christ's high priesthood. We are able to draw nearer to God more frequently than ever before. The second thing is the frequency. Jesus lives forever. He's of an eternal priesthood. And because of this, you and I may draw near to God, very near, frequently, often, not just once a year, but as often as we need his mercy and his help. Look with me in chapter 7, 
Uh, we're leaving now the elementary doctrine of Christ, as chapter 6, verse 1 said. We're going on to maturity. The warning's been laid about continuing to stay in those elementary doctrines. Now we're going on. Now we're going to hear and learn more about Jesus as our great high priest. He's going to be compared to Melchizedek. Look with me at Hebrews chapter 7, verse 1. For this Melchizedek, king of Salem, priest of the Most High God. Now I want you to circle those words in your Bible. The word king and the word priest. Kings were not priests. Priests were not kings. And so this is a unique combination that's going to ultimately describe Jesus, who is our prophet, our priest, and our king. So Melchizedek was both king of Salem and priest of the Most High God. And verse 1 says, He met Abraham returning from the slaughter of the kings and blessed him. That is, Melchizedek blessed Abram or Abraham. Now, this is a reference back to Genesis chapter 14 when Abraham's nephew Lot, Lot, Lot's family, Lot's possessions were taken by kings that had come through the land. Someone had escaped and notified Abram. So Abram, who we know is Abraham, went out and he defeated the kings. He brought back Lot, all of the possessions and all of his kinsmen uh, to safety. And so this is what's being referred to, and you can read that in Genesis 14. Verse 2 of chapter 7 says, And to him Abraham appointed a tenth part of everything. So Abraham gave Melchizedek a tithe. We hear that word tithe in our tithes and offerings. A tithe simply means a tenth. And so of all of the spoils that Abraham won back in victory, he gave a tenth as a tithe, a tenth to Melchizedek. And so now Hebrews goes on to explain who this Melchizedek is. And even as readers today, we're wondering, so who is this man? Who is this king and this priest that would bless Abraham of all people? He is first, by translation of his name, king of righteousness. That's what Melchizedek translates to. Melech is king. Zedek righteousness. And then he is also king of Salem, that is, king of peace. He is without father or mother or genealogy, having neither beginning of days nor end of life. And if you go through Genesis 14, as Melchizedek is presented, he's not presented as other people are in the form of a genealogy, where you can see who his father is or who his mother is. He just appears. It's not told whatever happens to him. Such a great high priest of God, we aren't told his story. The end of verse 3 says, but resembling the Son of God. And so Melchizedek was clearly meant to be a type of Jesus Christ. Some even believe Melchizedek was Jesus, a Christophany, an appearance of Christ before his incarnation but resembling the Son of God, he continues a priest forever. That word forever means for all of time. 
It means that the priesthood of Melchizedek continues continually without any interruption. Verse 4, see how great this man was to whom Abraham the patriarch, Abraham the father of faith, Abraham the father of the Hebrew people, the one whom God gave the covenant promises to bless him and his offspring forever. See how great this man, Melchizedek, was to whom Abraham the patriarch gave a tenth of the spoils. Verse 5 says, And those descendants of Levi. Levi was one of the twelve tribes of Israel, and the Levites were the descendants of Aaron. Remember Moses and Aaron? Aaron was the high priest. The Levites were those whom the law prescribed would be the tribe of priests. Those descendants of Levi who receive the priestly office have a commandment in the law to take tithes from the people. So you can underline that word commandment in the law because the priesthood of the Levites and how they operate was all commanded by God in the law, in his instruction to his people, to take tithes from the people, that is, from their brothers, though these also are descended from Abraham. But this man, who does not have his descent from them, received tithes from Abraham and blessed him who had the promises. And so Melchizedek received voluntary tithes from Abraham, and Melchizedek blessed Abraham, who had received the promises of God. So this wasn't a commanded tithe, it was voluntary. And there was a recognition in Abraham that God had blessed him. Verse 7 says, It is beyond dispute that the inferior, in this case Abraham, is blessed by the superior, that is Melchizedek the king of righteousness and of peace and the priest of God most high. In the one case, tithes are received by mortal men. So you start to see this reference to life and death. The Levite priests were mortal men. But in the other case, speaking of Melchizedek, by one of whom it is testified that he lives. The testimony regarding Melchizedek is that he lives. He continues alive. His priesthood continues on forever. Verse 9 says, One might even say that Levi himself, who receives tithes, so that's the Levite priest who receive the tithes that they're commanded in the law to do from their brothers. Even Levi paid tithes through Abraham, for he was still in the loins of his ancestor when Melchizedek met him. What an interesting case to make, that even Levi, before he was yet born, while he was still inside of Abraham, was participating in that paying of tithes to Melchizedek through his ancestor, through Abraham, as he paid tithes to Melchizedek and was blessed by him. We've already seen how great Melchizedek is to Abraham, and in the original hearers of the book of Hebrews, Abraham was a great man, revered, patriarch. But now verse 11 is going to turn our eyes upon Jesus, the great high priest after the order of Melchizedek. Verse 11 says, Now if perfection 
had been attainable through the Levitical priesthood, for under it the people received the law, what further need would there have been for another priest to arise after the order of Melchizedek, rather than one named after the order of Aaron? You might underline that word perfection in verse 11, because this is what is the goal of any priest. This is why you and I need a priest, because we're not perfect. We have sin in our lives. We've sinned against God. We've fallen short of his glory. And so we're not morally upstanding people on our own merit. We need a priest. But the Levitical priesthood never made the people perfect. It dealt with the problem of sin, but it never removed the problem of sin. And so the people had to continue to wait yearly for that atoning sacrifice and they were still limited in how they could approach God and how near they could approach Him and how often they could approach Him in their worship together as the community. They had to follow the law and the prescriptions and limitations laid out there. Verse 12 says, For when there is a change in the priesthood, there is necessarily a change in the law as well. It was the law that prescribed the priesthood through the Levites, through Aaron's line, and what they are to do. And if there's another priest to come from a different order, this means the law, the instruction, must also change. Look with me at verse 13. For the one of whom these things are spoken belong to another tribe. We're talking about Jesus now. From which no one has ever served at the altar. For it is evident that our Lord was descended from Judah and in connection with that tribe, Moses said nothing about priests. And so for Jesus to be a priest means he's not a Levite. He's from the tribe of Judah. And there was no word in the law about people from the tribe of Judah becoming priests. And so something is going to have to change under Christ's priesthood. Verse 15 amplifies this even more, saying it is... Uh, this becomes even more evident, that is, this becomes even more clear when another priest arises in the likeness of Melchizedek, who has become a priest not on the basis of a legal requirement concerning bodily descent, but by the power of an indestructible life. And so how is it that Melchizedek is a priest? not by being a descendant of Aaron, not by being a Levite, not by commandment in the law. Melchizedek is a priest by virtue of his indestructible life. See that word life again, you might underline that. Verse 17, for it is witnessed of him being Jesus. You are a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. That's Psalm 110 verse four. Verse 18, for on the one hand, a former commandment is set aside because of its weakness and uselessness. Now we know that the law is not useless in the sense of helping us to see that we are sinners in need of a savior. But the law, the instruction is useless because it could not make people perfect by obeying it. They couldn't obey the law. You and I can't obey the law. We can't be made perfect by the law. And so in this regard, it is useless. Verse 19, 
for the law made nothing perfect. But on the other hand, a better hope is introduced through which we draw near to God. You might star or underline that verse. A better hope is introduced. A living hope is introduced. And it is through that better hope that we draw near to God. We draw near to God through this better hope. Verse 20, and it was not without an oath. Meaning, this better hope is something that was promised by God. And we know this about God's promises, that what God promises, God will fulfill. Verse 20 goes on to say, For those who formerly became priests were made such without an oath. But this one was made a priest with an oath by the one who said to him, The Lord has sworn and will not change his mind. You are a priest forever. Why is Jesus a priest? Well, the answer is simple. God says he is a priest. All the way back, Psalm 110 verse 4, you are a priest forever. And verse 22 sums this up for us in Hebrews. This makes Jesus the guarantor of a better covenant. And so the Levitical priesthood operated under the law, the law of Moses, the instruction that they were given, that had commandments. The priests after them were made priests because that law said that the descendants of Levi would be priests. But the priesthood that Jesus brings is of a different order. And therefore, it's based on a different law. Jesus was not made a priest because he was the descendant of priests. Jesus was made a priest because God says he was. And this brings in a better covenant. Jesus is our forerunner and Jesus is our guarantor of a better covenant. Verse 23, the former priests were many in number because they were prevented by death from continuing in office. So the Levitical priests were mortal men. They would die, just as you and I will die. And for the priesthood to continue, their descendants would take their place. But he holds his priesthood permanently because he continues forever. This is speaking of Jesus. And verse 25 says, Consequently, he is able to save to the uttermost. That is, Jesus is able to save completely. Jesus is able to save at all times those who draw near to God through him, since he always lives to make intercession for them. This is what priests did. They interceded for the people. They were in the place between God and man interceding through sacrifices, through instruction, through the teaching on worship. Jesus is able to do this for us always because he always lives. He's of a different priesthood. Verse 26 sums all of this up. For it was indeed fitting that we should have such a high priest. And notice now that 
the high priesthood of Jesus is described in all of its character because Jesus is described in his character. Holy, innocent, unstained, separated from sinners, and exalted above the heavens. Unlike us, Jesus never sinned. Jesus was tempted, but he was without sin. And in this way, he's different from other high priests. Look at verse 27. He has no need like those high priests to offer sacrifices daily first for his own sins and then for those of the people, since he did this once for all when he offered up himself. This is the cross. Jesus, as our great high priest, was also our sacrifice. And he gave himself as that stainless, sinless lamb of God, that sacrifice on our behalf, not having to offer it for himself, but once for all for us. Verse 28, for the law appoints men in their weakness as high priests, that is, in their mortality. But the word of the oath, which came later than the law, appoints a son who has been made perfect forever. And this is the point of this teaching, and it ties it into the rest of Hebrews. This one whom God spoke through, who is our prophet, is also our priest. He is also our king. He is our sacrifice. He is our intercessor. He is our forerunner. He is our guarantor. He is our living hope. How great the chasm that lay between us. How high the mountain I could not climb. In desperation, I turned to heaven and spoke your name into Yeah.
that sealed the promise your buried body began to breathe out of the silence the roaring lion declared the grave has no claim on me declared the grave has no priest today? Yes, we do. The only priest we need is Jesus. And because Jesus is our great high priest after the order of Melchizedek, and he lives forever and went ahead of us, granting us access to the very throne of God, nearness to God, as often as we need it, we believe that in Jesus, all who are believers are also priests in him, the priesthood of the believers, in that we can come to God, we can approach God through him, through Jesus at any time. This is one of the most applicable sections in the book of Hebrews, because it reminds us not only of our need, but of God's provision in Christ. One way you can apply this text, knowing that you have such a great high priest interceding for you, knowing that you can approach God's throne of grace, you can intercede on behalf of others. The role of the priests included teaching the people the ways of God, helping them to worship God and to draw near to Him. Who is it that you can intercede for this week? Who is it that you can take before God's throne prayerfully in Jesus' name? Who is it that you can pray to receive such a living hope? Jesus set us free from the law and Jesus saves us completely. And this is an assurance that can give comfort to your own soul and also motivation to make Jesus known to others as not only Savior, but also our great High Priest. Thank you again for listening to this message. I pray that God would accomplish His purpose in you through the preaching, hearing, receiving, and believing of His Word. If you wish to share any comments or questions about the message you have heard, please call Southside at 256-353-8814 or visit us on the web at southsidebaptist.net. Also, make sure to subscribe or follow this podcast to receive a new message each week.